Hello, and welcome to another episode of Passion for Passions. I'm your host, Marcus, here to chat all about passions. So, um, it's been a little bit since my last episode, and um, that is because on the back end I am working to actually switch podcast hosts. Um, Not to get too into it, but I'm currently using Anchor FM and want to switch to a different host. Um, So, because of that, there may be additional weirdness or downtime in the RSS feed. I'm not sure. I've already moved one of my podcasts over, my horror movie podcast, All of Them Witches. I was able to successfully migrate. So I expect I'll be able to successfully migrate Passion for Passions as well. Just that it may be a moment before I get to that. I'm kind of waiting for the dust to settle with the other podcasts before moving forward with the other one. Um, And just for your reference, if for some reason it seems like you know, there's no more episodes anymore, and you wonder in five months, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that podcast. Chances are that maybe then something went wrong, and maybe I had to get a new RSS feed, but hopefully not. I'm hoping that this migration should have no impact on you, the listener. You should just be able to continue to listen based on that same podcast feed you're already subscribed to, or the same page that you go to. Whatever it is, should be fine. Um, but if you are listening to this show, please let me know. I would love to know, like, if there's any Passions fans listening. I know there are certainly Passions fans listening to um, what I think is kind of the premier Passions podcast in since 20, I guess, started in 2020, for the past couple of years. So that um, that one is Passions podcast um, with two wonderful hosts. And if you're listening to that, you know, that's probably the better one, the more entertaining one, because they can riff off each other. Um, but if you're listening to me as well, uh, let me know. Message me at Twitter, uh, at MarcusBoy, spelled M-A-R-C-U-S-B-O-I. Um, I just want to know, like, tell me your favorite character. Tell me the stuff you hate about these episodes of Passions or things you love. You know, I would love to talk to more Passions fan. Okay, so with that kind of out of the way... Fingers crossed that there's no additional disturbances in the episode publishing, but if there is, that's why. Um, This podcast episode will be focused on a handful of episodes, going from, I believe, 331 to uh, 341. It's about 10 episodes. And you're kind of in the middle of something new happening, but also... Yeah, it's 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 a whole mess of things that are going on in these episodes. It's kind of focused on a specific incident, but not fully. So where we kind of left off is that Teresa was on the plane, ready to go to Australia. And Ethan had come on the plane and was like, come off with me, Teresa. And Teresa was hiding under a blanket. But anyway, um, Ethan's being pulled off the plane, like, no, Teresa, come with me. You know, I I need you, blah, blah, blah. And Teresa's like, "Uh," and decides to leave. So she actually leaves the plane as well um, before it departs. And um, Teresa and Ethan get to talk in the airport terminal. And they kind of discuss what was going on and figuring out why they had this misunderstanding. Why Teresa was so upset in the beginning was not real. You know, that was just a lie that was told to her that made her upset. Anyway, and I noted this is the first time Passions uses a page turn effect to show the passage of time. And this is where they were discussing, yes, that is the first time I feel like I've seen an effect of that nature in this show at all. So I'm like, ooh, fancy. We're getting into it now. So um, I was like, wow, they actually talked out. Cool. 
course, that's not going to be the end of it. We're so early on in the show. But it was nice to see in this moment they were able to talk. Talk it out as adults and figure out what the issue was. Um, of course, that is not the end of the situation because Gwen, the spurned bride-to-be, is extremely upset, as she has every right to be. She was about to become Mrs. Ethan Crane, the wife of a Crane millionaire, executive, whatever he is. So, yeah. Gwen basically ends the episode being like, I'm going to kill you to Teresa. Ooh, that is one hell of a threat right there. That is not even thinly veiled. That is just outright, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that's the best, the biggest threat possible. So that's one scenario that's going on. And I'm just going to kind of talk about the whole thing with Teresa and Ethan and Gwen because that is insane. Basically, what happens here is Gwen goes over to the Lopez Fitzgerald's household and she has a baseball bat with her. So Ethan had been there with Teresa because they came home from the airport together. They were being all kissy-kissy and <laughs> Pilar's just like making a face like, I can't do anything about this. Um, but Ethan leaves. And because Gwen was there waiting and lurking, as soon as Ethan leaves, she knocks on the door to come in. I think it's interesting she knocks rather than just trying to force her way in. But she knocks, Teresa answers the door happily because she thinks, oh, it's Ethan again, who just like maybe turned around for a second. But no, it is Gwen and her baseball bat. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what is she going to do? And I, so Gwen starts off by basically smashing up the Lopez Fitzgerald household, you know, all the things on the wall, all these stuff. She's just laying into that with that baseball bat, which is extremely rude because it's not like the whole household is to blame. If you want to blame anything, I guess you could blame Teresa. But, um, you know, Pilar has nothing to do with it. Luis has nothing to do with it. Miguel has nothing to do with it. Why are you destroying the whole house for one woman? Also, again, thinking about this more logically, Gwen, it would not just be one person at fault. It would be two people, your ex-fiancé would be equally to blame. Why don't you lay into him with the baseball bat if you're going to go, you know, ape out on this. But no, she's just focused fully on Teresa as the cause of everything that is wrong in her life right now. So they are, well, I'm going to say they are fighting at this point. Gwen is attacking. Teresa is basically shirking back, trying to say, let's talk about this and not trying to be violent. Um... Interestingly, I don't know where Pilar was in this instance, um, but she was not around or not hearing all of the madness going on in her household at this point. As part of this fight, Gwen eventually corners Teresa into her own bedroom and is trying to basically attack her, um, you know, puts down the bat and is ready to just choke her out. Finally, Mother comes into that room, aware that something is extremely amiss, and is like, you know, lay get your hands off my daughter. Like, oh my god, Gwen. Um, and Gwen basically, from what I could tell, pushes Pilar into uh, Teresa's closet and closes the door so she cannot get out of there. So this fight is of uh, very dramatic of Teresa being choked to death and 
Pilar in the closet screaming, like, you know, get your hands off her, Gwen, don't hurt her, stop, you know. But the mother can do nothing. She can just scream and hear the sounds of what's going on in the room. Um, and they're fighting. And I think Ethan calls and it doesn't get an answer. Or I think actually the phone is picked up, but it doesn't matter uh, because Teresa is unable to get a word out to say, like, you know, help me or something. But because I guess the Ethan home is so close to the Lopez Fitzgerald home, apparently, Ethan is able to come over pretty quickly when he senses that something is wrong in the Lopez Fitzgerald home. Yeah, that looks seriously wrong. Um, and is able to basically stop what is going on, able to pry Gwen away from Teresa and basically try to, you know, get her off, get her to leave, get Pilar out of the closet, like all these things that... Gwen has just been going mad over, like, just, you know, stop, stop, you know, please just quit what you're doing. Um, and as this follows this storyline progression, Gwen's mother basically tells her, stop acting mean, because I know that's your typical behavior. Instead, act hurt, act sad, act weak. So she, like, cries and faints to get Ethan's attention to make him care about her. And he does, because of course he does. He's like, oh no, I hurt her. Um, they end up going back to the Crane Mansion. And there, Gawain lures him into bed. And they're just like cuddling and making out. And of course, because the, this is the way this show is, Teresa can never like not listen to somebody. So when Gwen's mom is like, you need to go up there because he doesn't care about you. He's only there with, he's with Gwen now. Teresa's like, no. She goes up to see them macking out in the bed. She's like, oh my god. And is really pissed and runs away again. Because this is harder to dismiss, isn't it? Where you see that this man who says he loves you is in bed with another woman. He's making out with her. Presumably going to lead to something more if she hadn't walked in. So it's like... I get it, Teresa. This is extremely confusing. Ethan's behavior makes no sense. Of course, Ethan continues to play the line that I love both of you. And everyone else continues to be like, how is that possible? That's not possible. Um, so whatever. But that's kind of where that storyline is going. Um, there's also another storyline, of course, still with Louise and Sheridan. Where they kind of have a back and forth. Louise and Sheridan decide, you know what, let's pretend that this thing never happened, that I never heard you on the wharf saying you were using me, that whole thing, because they were never, they were never able to, so far, explain or realize that it was not Louise, but I get why it would be impossible to just know that, because how would that, how could, how could that be possible? How could anyone believe that, you know, Sheridan didn't see Louise? She knows she saw him. And I doubt she would consider the fact that maybe someone put on a weird, super realistic Louise mask. And he was also the same height and build and could also do the same exact voice as Louise. You know, that is so unbelievable. That's pure, <laughs> that's pure soap opera. So there's no way that she could believe that or, or come to that conclusion. Louise as well. I don't think there's any way he would think of that. Um, unless, so if they ever find that stupid mask that Julian still has, then they'll probably put it together. But until that point, they still don't understand. And they decide, let's just pretend it never happened. And we can get back where we were in our life. So they're making out and they're ready to do it, basically. But Luis is like, no, I can't. 
I'm your bodyguard. This is, you know, terribly wrong of me to do. I'm supposed to be your bodyguard. I'm not supposed to have a, I'm supposed to just be professional. I am not supposed to mix business with pleasure effectively. And Sheridan's like, well, fine, I guess. But they go back on this like later on in the episodes because Luis is just like eventually he throws his badge off and he's like, I'm not a cop, I'm a man. And Sheridan's like, woo. Um, but that gets thrown off as well because then Sam shows up later and is like, hey, I need you. And they were going to ignore him, but they couldn't because it was Sam. So blah, 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 you know, whatever. Um, and why did Sam come calling? Because of some drama with the children, of course. It's always the kids who are having problems and in life-threatening situations. So let's get on to that storyline now, which is kind of the other big thing, the big drama, kind of like how the prom boat was the massive drama. Although to me, this isn't as dramatic, but it is very long-winded and weird. <laughs> so um, all the kids, or most of them had gone to like, old harmony or whatever settlement to kind of look around for the report and while they were there what ends up happening but a handful of them end up falling into a mine shaft because these were also old mines so let's see who's in the mine shaft to start um Kay is there charity and miguel are the first people who are down the mine shaft i believe um, this just reminds me, where is Jessica? Again, she doesn't exist anymore. Um, but she, she's not, she's not even here at all. But anyway, um, yeah, so they're there in the mineshaft. They were maybe hurt, but they are all alive still. They're just stuck down there and don't know how to get out. Charity is still evil at this point. Evil Charity version. So she is just fully menacing in this mine shaft, and Kay is seeing it all. She is seeing the magical, powerful Charity. She is seeing her basically shoot lightning bolts out of her fingers because Char uh, Charity, because Tabitha and Timmy also fall down the well. So they're being attacked by her. And so Kay sees everything. She's like, oh my god, what is going on with Charity? This is like beyond everything. Of course, Kay has also seen Charity flying before, so maybe... But she doesn't seem to think she's an alien at this point. At least she doesn't vocalize that. Instead, she's just kind of like, I'm scared of Charity, which, yes, she should be, honestly. If you were seeing this, oh my god, yes, be terrified. So I think Charity goes somewhere, something happens, but Miguel and Kay need to look for Charity. And they're going around in the mine shaft. Bad idea, I think. And they get separated. Um, Kay ends up in this weird witch's home. Uh, that was like a portal there or something. And Miguel ends up on the other side of this uh, cave-in. Kay, while she's there, meets a witch called Hecuba. And Hecuba shows Kay basically her heart's desire in this mirror, which is what of Kay and Miguel making love. Ooh. Uh, Miguel almost gets crushed by a giant Indiana Jones-style boulder, but he survives because he just kind of squishes himself against the wall to get away. Oh, good job. I was hoping, Miguel, because it's a mineshaft and there's like these wooden pillar things and stuff, I was hoping so much that Miguel would just like do like a really crazy bodyweight exercise thing. So he's like 
you know, holding the, the wooden bar across the ceiling and like kind of just holding his entire body up, up there so that he wouldn't get hit by the boulder. Uh, but that's not what he did. He just kind of squished up against the side of the wall. I'm like, well, fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he could do it. Anyway, uh, Miguel does end up finding Kay in Hecuba's house. And he's like, what's up? What are you doing here? What is this place? Uh, but while they're there, they look at the mirror together. And Kay is like, look at this mirror. Like, this is going to happen. And while she's seeing the, like, lovemaking scene, Miguel sees evil charity basically attacking him. He's like, this can't be true. Um, but it is, supposedly. So they both kind of get out of there and are, are very confused and concerned. Up above, the adults have met up with the other kids who were there at the old Harmony mine shaft area and are like, hey, you know, we got to... We gotta, like, save these children, blah, blah, blah. But as part of Evil Charity's abilities, she is throwing off, like, I don't know, another rock slide. So there's a ton of rocks flying. I think this is where that, actually, this is where that rock that almost squished Miguel came from. But let's just talk about it from what happened up on the adult side. Um, it's dramatic. Everyone's almost getting squished. Um, funny, a very funny moment is when... <laughs> Julian and Ivy are there and Julian sees the boulder coming and so he basically pushes Ivy out of the way to save himself potentially killing Ivy in the process but Sam saves Ivy of course he does but I thought it was very funny and Ivy does not like let this go unnoticed she is pissed that her husband is such a baby and was willing to sacrifice her for his own life so she gives him a massive slap bam it was dramatic. And I was like, yeah, girl. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what's going on up there. Um, and at some point, Julian actually falls into the mine shaft. I don't remember why, though, but he definitely goes down as well. Um, someone else that falls down is, unfortunately, Chad, who's always getting injured. Um, after having kind of like this heart-to-heart -heart almost with Whitney, he ends up falling down into the mine shaft somewhat. Um, he kind of falls partially, though. He, like, lands on this thing that's not the full way down. And I don't believe he's fallen the full way yet, but I could be wrong. So Chad's kind of, like, closer. No, actually, no. I think Chad gets rescued, and that's when Whitney and Chad have the heart-to-heart. -heart. Sorry. It's actually been a week since I watched these. But anyway. Yes, yeah, so I think Chad is okay and not in the mineshaft. But Julian is in the mineshaft fully down there. So good. That's what he gets for being a baby. So while everyone is down there, you know, and Charity's attacking or trying to attack, um, and Kay and Miguel are like, oh my god, she's attacking us. We gotta run. You know, we gotta leave now. And this is the first time Miguel has seen Charity acting like a monster, effectively. Um, and he tries to say, like, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Like, please, you know, come back or be yourself or whatever. Um, but it doesn't work. Evil Charity is still in control. So I was like, yes, slay Evil Charity. Anyway, something ends up happening where Kay and Miguel end up on a like, minecart together. And they kind of roll away to get away from <laughs> get away from Evil Charity. And I don't know if it's while they're on it or a little bit before they get on it, but uh, Kay confesses again to Miguel. She's already confessed to him, I feel. Like on this trip, she confessed that she loved him. And he kind of took it the wrong way. 
possibly. But either way, she confesses in the mineshaft that, you know, Miguel, I love you. And I don't mean as a friend, like, I'm in love with you. So at that point, Miguel is kind of honest with her and is like, so, you know, if, if Charity had never come, I was actually planning to ask you out. But then I fell in love with Charity, like, immediately. So this just proves to me that Miguel has horrible taste in women because, uh, Char I mean, Charity's positive initially, but she has become totally unstable in a way that should concern Miguel and should maybe make him reconsider if he's ready for an, a relationship with this type of person. Like, you know, a teenager, you may not be ready to kind of have to deal with all these things um, with someone else's life. Um, but the fact that he was interested in Kay, like, Kay is really cruel. And presuming how, I mean, seeing how cruel she is with trying to get Miguel and trying to keep Whitney away from Chad, like, I assume she's cruel in many other ways as well. She's a liar. She's conniving. She's a monster of her own making. So Miguel has horrible taste in women. But either way, he kind of reveals that. She's like, oh, wow. Um, and they're afraid and they're like, well, maybe we're going to die. We'll never get out of here. So while they're on the minecart, they also start making out. And like, that's very funny. Um, especially funny because they're just like making out on the mine shaft as it hurdles toward Julian, who has also landed on the minecart tracks. And that's kind of what's going on with them currently. They're all being attacked by Charity. Luis and Sheridan did end up at this place with all the other adults. And um, Hank is still on the prowl to kill Sheridan. Once again, he's still being told to kill Sheridan why the assassin cannot kill her himself like just do it obviously it's been so hard getting hanged to do it just do it yourself oh my god you're both there in the bushes just do it um but they keep trying to make it be hank who does it so hank like tries to like hit when um sheridan is looking down the mine shaft he like tries to go behind her and like almost hit her with her with his butt to push her in uh, but he doesn't, because Luis is like, what are you doing? You almost pushed her down. He's like, and then Hank's like, oh my god, you're right. Ooh, ooh, playing dumb. But Sheridan at some point kind of goes into the forest by herself and comes face to face with Harmony's ghost pilgrims. And they're warning her, like, Sheridan, watch out. He's going to kill you. Hank is going to kill you. And Sheridan's like, what? And scared, as you might expect. Well, I mean, she should just be scared for the fact that she's seeing pilgrim ghosts. Like, and that they all look exactly like today's Harmony folks. So, anyway, there is a lot of funny things going on. And, I mean, what could you expect, really? Um, as, when you're, you're talking about passions here, that things are just all over the place. But I think it's fun. I think it's fun, you know, what's going on so far. And I think the last episode of 341, one of those interesting things that finally happens to give like some information to Julian is that Julian also ends up running into Hecuba's lair. And when he looks in the mirror, he, I don't think it's been revealed yet who is in the mirror, but he is seeing, from my knowledge, he is seeing Salmon and Ivy in the mirror making love. I don't think he realizes who they are yet, but that is, I'm pretty sure, what he is seeing. And if that is revealed to him, I think that will be a shock to him because he has never even considered that. He has never even uttered a, a thought like that. I mean, he has occasionally considered 
is Ivy cheating on me? But then he laughs it off because he's like, oh, of course not. But he, and I mean, technically she's not cheating on him now. And she wasn't cheating on him before necessarily. But she did at least cheat on him in the one most important time possible, which is the wedding night where she spent the evening with Sam and became pregnant and had Sam's child, Ethan. So if he sees this and realizes this, he may start to put things together about Ivy's secret that he's been seeking. So very intriguing. I am very curious to see what goes on there. I really want to know if like that's going to be a reveal or it's just going to be like somehow again he's going to be cut off before he finds out. Either way, that's where we are at the end of this trail of episodes. So we've just ended on 341. So there is, of course, more to come. Many, many, many more episodes to come. But we'll be doing it one episode at a time. So thank you for listening to Passion for Passions. And we should be back in two weeks with another episode.